This is Five on Three. Center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome back to Five on Three. WFUV Sports' best, if not only, NHL hockey podcast. I am joined by a couple of esteemed guests. We've got some extra representation than we normally get. Usually we have one Rangers, one Islanders, and if I'm on, maybe a Devils guy. But we got the New Jersey Devils represented by myself, James Burley. We're going to go upstate, all the way upstate practically, because Michael Matuch is here repping the Buffalo Sabres. He's even got the flag in the back up corner. North, got, got and then we're, we're going to run it down south in a bit to Maddie Bimonti and the Carolina Hurricanes. So oh, decking out the red and black. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So first of all, let's just get some introductions. Matush, I'll go to you first. How are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Burley. I, I think I talked about this a little bit earlier with you, but I had a presentation where I had a kid do zero work. He walked to the Maddie. You didn't hear this. He walked to the board, no, I didn't. didn't say a single word, and then walked back. He went to one group meeting that was right after class. So I'm trying to figure out how low of a grade I give him in my reflection. That's how I'm doing. But project's great. Besides that, I'm having a great day. Great day. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i just Maddie, have my last, i had my last day of thursday classes and today which was exceptional um but this is actually this is my first five on three where i'm actually gonna talk i've been doing bits oh. for a while but <laughs> this is my first time i'm actually gonna like talk about stuff um so i'm very excited i know i know people have wanted this for so long i know after after my recent addition to the hockey group chat <laughs> this is a big moment. This is my this is my big moment. This is my big break, and I'm very excited to be here for it. Well, we we loved having you on last week when you called in with Lou Orlando. That was a real treat. Now we've got you as a full host today, and I couldn't be more excited. Um, it, and and as Matush alluded to, it's a big week here for all of us. We've got finals coming up. We got reading weeks next week, so we're all going to be busy. We had to squeeze in a little bit of hockey talk before you know the academic life uh, wraps all of us up, and hopefully. If we're doing more group presentations, we have better group members than Matush did. So I, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but we are going to start in Western Canada, the Pacific Northwest. That's where the New Jersey Devils were uh, two nights ago for one of the, I think, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in hockey. All three Hughes brothers on the ice at the same time for the first time. It's just the ninth time in NHL history that three brothers have shared the ice at the same time. I have two older brothers, so it was a bit more romantic for me is imagining me and my brothers playing hockey in our basement growing up and seeing my favorite team sport two of the greatest uh, young American stars. And then on the opposite end of for Vancouver, Quinn Hughes is the captain. And it ended up being quite a crazy game in the end. The Devils had a three goal lead going into the third five to two. And then they gave up three quick goals. Uh, Vitek Vanacek looked better than he has been in the past, but still not great. And then Jesper Bratt won it with 30 seconds left, both Jack and Luke got on the scoreboard and Quinn had a decent game himself. He gets so much ice time. I felt like he was on the ice the entire game. It was really frustrating because he's that good, but I'll just, I'll just that's, let's talk about this for a second. I mean, I can't think of any group of three brothers besides the stalls, I guess. And the Hughes is now at least in my lifetime that would have shared the ice. I think that's just such a cool thing. And I, I'm, I'm especially lucky that it happens for my favorite team. I, I'm curious. Did you guys think did you guys watch the game? It was super late at night being in the West coast, but it's just such a cool spectacle. What do you guys See, think? Seeing Hughes Day was a was a spectacle to see. 
Burley, Tuesday, I don't Tuesday. have any older brothers. I have a younger sister and I can't skate at all. So I don't have that <laughs> same that same connection that you had. But it was still so cool to watch. I mean, just seeing these three generational talents. And I was so mad. I was sitting with my buddy, Steve. And I was just saying to him, like, dude, I wish I had two brothers. And I wish we were all sick of hockey and we could just do this. So, yeah, that was I'm, my take. I, that was my takeaway from the game. But I have I to say. I have to echo that as well because I also shocker I I am also not a hockey player nor nor do I have two brothers as well. Um, but the photo at um it before the game that they took, coupled with the Instagram post that I saw of them playing hockey as kids in a bunch of big different jerseys. The big jerseys is what got me. The oversized. <laughs> On the ice, of... dad coaching was so cute, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's that's so nice to see." Yeah, it was it was adorable. All all the uh, wholesome content on social media, um, until it wasn't when Luke Hughes was actually caught uh, dropping an f bomb on a hot mic after the game because he couldn't get the interview system to work. So that was pretty funny. You know, they grow up so fast, right? But yeah. I, I really I really thought that was something special. Uh, I think it's so cool that there is uh, like two brothers playing together. Um, and, you know, if you look back in the history of the Vancouver Canucks, that's not something that they're foreign to with the Sedin brothers famously spending their entire careers there. Um, two Hall of Famers in my book. So I, I that was a really cool thing. And the Devils, you know, just to get back to the hockey of it all, have really turned a corner. Um, and I think, Tush, I'm sorry to bring this up, but it was actually at that devil yeah. sabers game that was, you witnessed it was the devil sabers game where the devils yeah. really took over and got back in the driver's seat yeah that was yeah. i came back special from buffalo to see that game and i really wish i stayed home an extra day because yeah. no it was it was great to watch from a devil's fan perspective but seeing me travel across new york state to come and watch my team stink like that really was an awakening for how bad we'll talk about the sabers and how junk they are later we but, we are we'll 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 segue into the Sabers. I and I I do want to apologize because that could have been my assignment and I wasn't available to go to the game, so right. it was open for you. Uh, I'm I'm very happy you got to see. You know, is that I, was that your first time covering the Sabers? Yes, actually, it was. I've been to Sabers games in at the Devils Arena, but covering a game, watching the Sabers was a, was a unique experience. I got to meet the Sabers announcers talk to them for a little bit so that was super cool but but yeah i mean no it's impressive to see how the devils really turn a corner from that game going on and i'm looking forward to seeing how they sort of move forward going forward yeah and 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 since that time they've won four of their last five which is a big turnaround to way the the way the devils started the season at this point last year they were first in the division right now they're in sixth though it doesn't look great uh and if you look at that one loss in their last five it was to the league's worst san jose sharks so not sure how that works but you know it's hockey there's no easy games in this league and i think the devils are in a better position than they were a couple weeks ago still with a massive massive question mark in the goaltending position um vitek vanacek still has not been able to control rebounds at all there were so many loose chances for the canucks to score and that's really how that game ended up coming close but it is what it is the devils chugging along they're going to be having an uphill battle to get back into the playoff position, but they have enough talent to do so. And speaking of enough team, another team that has enough talent to do so, let's go across the pond. Let's talk the New York Rangers real quick. Um, they suffered a bad loss in which their goaltender, their generational best in the world, Igor Shosturkin, gave up six to the Ottawa Senators and just did not look good doing it. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you guys caught this game, but this was all Senators all the time. 
And that is very much not what we expected because the Senators have a good young team, you know, have foundational pieces they can build off for the future. But boy, did the Rangers just fall flat. And they've been coming into a lot of their last four games have all been, or sorry, their last three games prior to the Senators game, all within one goal and all fought down to the wire. That Red Wings win at the Garden, absolutely gutsy. That win on the road against Nashville, gutsy. That win at home against the Sharks, who have come to the New York area, beat the Devils, beat the Islanders, and pushed the Rangers to the brink, um, really made it difficult. So this has been a tough stretch for the Rangers, yet they've won three of their last four. Maddie, I'm curious if you are thinking of these same things for New York. Yeah, I mean, it's you bring up the Sharks, and the Sharks' whole storyline recently in New York has been it's funny. weird. It's been so weird and funny. But, you know, I, I think with them, it's it's been tough. They played, what, three games and four nights, like – it, it just it, when you get to that point, something's going to slip and their defense was just like not it just wasn't there um, all around. And so they couldn't they couldn't clear the puck at all. There was too many transition opportunities. Uh, it, it was just off. It just an off game. And I think once you get in that role of like playing all these gutsy games, as you said, it's going to catch up to you. And so while a lot of it could be on Shesterkin for what, 29 saves on 34 shots, like not not the best for him it really came down to a lot of the defense and just how poor they were playing that, that last game against them. Yeah. And Matush, if I can wheel this back to you, the Rangers really kind of shot themselves in the foot a couple weeks back against the Sabres. Mm -hmm. This is why I want to talk about this game. Since then they've had all those gutsy games. They were, they were dominated by Buffalo. Yeah. Since then they've been in games until the Ottawa game. That looked a lot like that Buffalo game again. It definitely did. Uh, you, uh, Burley, you said that the Senators are a young team and that they have a lot of young t- or a lot something along that lines. I've been saying that for Who a long time. The of? Sabers, and that's how <laughs> I know that team's really bad and they have nothing going for them. So to see the Senators come out and like and just prevail the way they did, I feel it's just uh, more of a fluke than anything. I think it's just sort of an off night for for the Rangers. And I don't think it's going to be that crazy of a thing going forward. Looking back, seeing the Sabres beat the Rangers. That was great. I loved that. <laughs> that <was> incredible. <laughs> we get like two good wins this season, but, um, but yeah, I feel like it's not going to be the biggest problem as we head further into the season and see this team sort of work out their kinks, work out their problems, because obviously a team blows a game once in a while, they blow it to the Sabres, blow it to the Re- Sen- Senators. But like, I feel like it's not going to be as big of a problem as others might think just because the Rangers are going to be a good team and they're always going to be a good team, which is annoying. Yeah. And just the way that they started the year, we were talking about this last week and you know, the Rangers have this opportunity now where they can kind of shoot themselves in the foot here and there. They have a couple games that they can throw away because they just sprinted out of the gates. And that was really impressive. Um, One thing I will highlight though, in that game against Ottawa, two goals and an assist from Vladimir Tarasenko who spent, the latter half of last year in New York, and they did make an effort to try to keep him back. And another uh, deadline acquisition for the Rangers that is now plying his trade elsewhere is, of course, Detroit Red Wings number 88, Patrick Kane, which I- I'm just going to say real quick because we-, we talked briefly about him last week. One, he should not be in the National Hockey League anymore. Just that's for personal reasons. For another reason, the Chicago Blackhawks and Detroit Red Wings have one of the most historic rivalries in the National Hockey League. Two original six teams, two teams geographically that are very close, and at least in American sports terms, and have hated each other for 100 years. 
And then when the Winnipeg Jets uh, relocated, uh, Atlanta moved to Winnipeg, they had to realign the divisions. And the Blackhawks went to the West and the Detroit Red Wings went to the East, which I think was such a terrible move on behalf of the National Hockey League. And now it's come to roost that 10 years following that, Patrick Kane, who was the star boy of the Chicago Blackhawks, at least in our generation, is now playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Never in a million years would I have thought that that would happen. But, you know, the NHL, Gary Bettman loves to mess things up. And I, I guess that's just he's opened the door for that. And I, this just shouldn't be the case. I, I feel I feel terrible looking at Patrick Kane in a Red Wings jersey for for Blackhawks fans. Not that I'm not that I feel guilty for Blackhawks fans. He's just got first overall pick Connor Bedard. You guys are going to be fine. Um, but that, that that's just it just looks wrong. It feels wrong. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to watch so many players between the Rangers come play for the Devils. Devils go play for the Rangers. Rangers go play for the Islanders. Flyers players playing for the Penguins. It just wouldn't feel right. Like Sidney Crosby should not um, go play for the Flyers at one point in his career. This is the, I know that sounds like, oh, that's worse. No, that's the, that's a direct comparison. These teams hate each other as much as the Penguins and Flyers, as much as the Devils and Rangers, as much as you name it. It's one of the biggest rivalries in the league. It shouldn't happen and it's happening. And I think it's disgusting. Whatever. Patrick Kane's disgusting. Whatever. Really, I but, agree with that sentiment. I agree with that sentiment. Buff- uh, Patty Kane, Buffalo boy. Um, he yeah, why to, not? He tried to get into my high school too dumb somehow and failed. Couldn't get in. There were a lot of bricks at my high school for hockey, and it was really impressive that Patty Kane couldn't get in. But so that, that's sort wow. of where I flip flop with him. But it's no seeing him not going against his team that he's been committed to for so long. I wouldn't be surprised if he signs a one day contract with them just to say he retires as a, as a Blackhawk. Yeah. It's because he, he'll he's do loved the city for so long, but yeah. like, I mean, it's, it is, it, no, but I totally agree. It's like crazy. I was, I was hoping a little bit. He'd come but to Buffalo just for like a season and we'll pay him like five, like something way too expensive. But mm-hmm. even now I feel like he's too washed and too old to really make a, that big of a difference on whatever team he goes to besides as a role-playing guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, And sorry to bloviate about that for a moment. I just don't think that enough people are talking about the fact that the Red Wings and Blackhawks used to be like the greatest rivalry in hockey. And now it's an afterthought, but kudos to the Red Wings on actually being in a playoff position and surprising a lot of people. They've started the season. Well, Um, one team though, we're going to have to hamper it down a little bit because the New York Islanders have, have just not looked great as of late. They don't know how to close out games. That is the biggest problem. They get a lead into the third period, and it's a guarantee that they're going to blow it. Lane Lambert is on the hot seat like never before, like no other coach in the New York area right now. And just two weeks ago, people were calling for Lindy Ruff's head. So we're going to go talk about the Islanders, and it's bringing us back to the San Jose Sharks because that was their last game. Uh, They play tonight. They're hosting the Blue Jackets. Uh, I'm not sure who is going to that game. I'm assuming it'll be Nick Palmer. It'll be Nick, yeah. It'll be I Nick. I get so. email about it, so I'm definitely not going. So okay, well there you go. Uh, maybe maybe this this Saturday against the Kings. Yeah, you heading out there? Any any, any Actually, word? No, that's, oh no, that's still gonna be no, Nick. That's Nick. No, that's got uh, that's got Nick. I'm a big I'm, tooth stretch at the Islanders. So oh sweet, 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 sweet. And actually, that's very silly of me. Kings Islanders. That's got Nick Palmer written all over it. What am I, I thinking? A special request for that game from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Sharks game because Nick was so upset <laughs> after it. Is the right to? It was yeah up th- up three in the third. And then they lose in overtime to San Jose. 
Oh boy, I did not see that one coming. Tomas Hertel with a hat trick. I, I I haven't heard that guy's name in years because this team has been irrelevant, even though he's been one of the brighter spots on it. Maddie, I'm gonna go to you on this one. It, what's got to change? Is it an is it an idea of character in, in, in New York, or is it just their defense just doesn't know how to play? I, I saw a great tweet from Chris Hennessy this morning that um the the Islanders opened up their open skate today with defensive zone uh, positioning on faceoffs which he equated to squirt B level, which is if you're not familiar with age groups in hockey, squirts are fourth and fifth graders and mm-hmm. B is bad below A, double A and triple A. So things aren't looking great in New York, despite that they've won two of their last three. I'm curious where you see this matter. I've seen a couple Islanders games now this year, which is rare, but this one in particular, I did see and <laughs> It's so funny because the defense in this game, specifically, there was one with Scott Mayfield that was so atrocious that led, I believe, to the last goal, <laughs> in which I don't know how you go back to the locker room after what you do when you just leave people uncovered in the way that you do um, and just stand behind the net and just pretend like nothing's going on. Um, he did that. And that was incredible to watch that a, a National League hockey player was able to achieve that when your team was up like that going into that third period. And <clears throat> I think it, it really is a sad trend with them kind of blowing these games now. Um, I don't know how they've done this. They they wanted they they won 10 games leading 20. I like that's to me. At this point, I, I don't know what they can do other than really have to go back to the basics and fix this defense because there's, to me, there's nothing that they can fix other than just fundamentals at this point. Yeah, yeah and if there's one, go go, go ahead, Mike. No, 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 no all no, you. No, Burley, I'm, oh, fine, I'll take it then. So, <laughs> attaboy. I feel if their defense was somewhat competent, just somewhat competent, then they would a lot. They would be in such a better position. Seeing the Islanders' their expectation versus where they are now is an impressive shift. Uh, I mean, they they allow thirty five shots per game, and that's just unsustainable hockey. Even if you have one of the best tandem goalies with Ilya Sorokin in that, it's it's unsustainable. I remember there was a game. Uh, I forgot that the the other team had forty five shots on goal and they like over 100 shots attempted which was it makes no sense of how a team can sustain in the national hockey league if you're just letting the team waltz into waltz across the blue line makes no sense and 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 look i I, i'm a big fan of Ilya sorokin and i firmly believe he's the second best goaltender in the world after igor shesterkin but his numbers right now are not that high above league average in terms of goals saved above expected. He's 19th in the league at that, which is solid. It's not terrific. It's not what you'd expect from him. But part of that is because of the chances that the Islanders are giving up are not just chances. They're giving up high danger chances, and they're doing it at a very high volume. You said 35 per game. That is not sustainable. Not in this league. I don't care how good your goaltender is. Second in the league on shots allowed per average, yeah. And 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 look, I, I understand Adam Pellick's injured, Sebastian Ajo's injured, the real Sebastian Ajo, Maddie, sorry. Um <laughs> yeah. on defense. They're they're missing a couple players, and they're asking guys like Ryan Pollock and Scott Mayfield to play next to Samuel Bolduke and Mike Riley, respectively, and shoulder the burden of defensive play. And that's neither of those guys' games. Those guys are paired with the guys they are for a reason because they're the offensive flavor on the defense. And that's why Romanov and Noah Dobson have been a very successful top pairing. But after that, 
there's there's not much else that they have. Uh, if I can give one one good thing from that Sharks game and from the past few, despite all this, they're playing really good offense. I mean, Bo Horvat and, and Matt Barzell yeah. mesh together like yeah. no other players I've seen in the Islanders, at least in my lifetime, not for a while, not since, I don't know, maybe Tavares and Kyle Opozo, uh eight, ten years ago. So th- that's very much a bright spot. Part of that, though, is Anders Lee has not been scoring points at all. In his place on the top line, Simon Holmstrom has. So I think that Simon Holmstrom is going to find a more permanent position on that top pairing with with Barzell and Bo Horvat. Um, we'll see if Lane Lambert makes that decision moving forward. We'll see if they change anything schematically on the defense. But right now, it's not exactly working. I mean, we say this, but there's still two points out of a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference at them. Or actually, one point if I'm looking at the Leafs. Um, they do have a game yeah. in hand, uh, t- uh, Toronto, but they're not in terrible position. Think about if, in the scope. Chance. Yeah, yeah. Burley, in, do in you the... feel like Lee is just old and just can't play? He just can't hang with the team anymore. Because I'm, I'm getting to that point where he's just sort of like he can't. Besides being a role, like a role player on the team, he can't really do what he once did. He just sort of falling to the wayside. Am I? I think. I think that that's. It's it's fair to start asking those questions. I think he has to find a bit of a groove, and we're and and we'll see the 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 Anders Lee that, that that people really know a little bit more. Because if you look back at his last five or six seasons, he's been a consistent thirty goal scorer, yeah. twenty eight goals in the last two years each, um, and then in the shortened year in twenty 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 one, he had twelve goals. In the shortened year, COVID year before that, he had twenty goals. So. I, I think he he's still capable at this level for sure, but he's got to find a home on this team because you'd expect that to be Horvat and Barzal, guys who stretch the ice, who spread it, who move the puck well, and then Anders Lee, you put him net front, and he tips in goals. That really hasn't been happening. He has to find a group that is more stable, um, and that's why I think a guy like Simon Holmstrom, who's got that speed and got that puck-handling ability to play with the likes of Horvat and Barzal, is more suited for a first line, especially in the modern game now where you want balance on your on your forwards, but you really need speed at the top end in order to compete. And the Islanders have that now. It's something that they didn't have for all of last year, and they still snuck into the playoffs. Right now, they're still in a position where they can sneak into the playoffs, but we're saying all these awful things about the team. And I think, look, fourth in the Metropolitan Division, I think is reasonable and a good expectation for this Islanders team. It's probably better than what some people have them as. Uh, if you include the likes of the Hurricanes, uh, Rangers, Devils, uh, and I would say the Penguins, who haven't really looked good, they're actually, this is fun fun fact about the Penguins, they're 0 for 34 on their last power plays, which is Whoa. the longest stretch in Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang's career. So that's, that's a not, big, that's not great. big, big problems going on for, for Mike Sullivan and the Penguins. Um, that, that That's aside, I think the Islanders take a deep breath. You're still above NHL 500. You got those seven OT losses that, Probably going to sneak up and bite you later in the season, but take a breath. You're still a decent hockey team. You're still in shape to potentially make a playoff run here. I I wouldn't be surprised if this team stays about around the four or five mark uh, of the division and fights for a wild card. Uh, while I think that there are teams below them, cough, cough, New Jersey, that are going to climb up rather quickly. I don't think the Islanders are going down anytime soon. And, and look, I know we've been, kind of chirping them pretty hard on this episode today they're in a good enough shape for what they are if you ask me uh, i think you're gonna you're gonna want more stable defensive play and you're gonna want 
Ilya Sorokin to come up with some more crucial saves. But the fact is that team has enough uh, juice to, to make it to the playoffs. And, and I'm really looking forward to them getting into a group because they're a fun team to watch. Matush. I mean, you've seen it in person when they play their game. They're physical. They're fast. And they, they, they make life hell on the opponent. Um, I, I think that tonight against the Blue Jackets, they're going to come up with I don't want to say it's going to be a statement win, but I think it's going to be a statement performance in, in that they they want to get back to their basics. They need a get back game just to put them back in the zone. Yeah, and the, the, I feel like they're the team that we're talking about that has the most problems now, but somehow they're still in a playoff spot. So I feel like they'll be fine as the season progresses. I don't feel like there's a lot of red flags now, but I feel like they'll figure it out. So. Oh, man, that was a perfect segue. Speaking of red flags... <laughs> Red flags. It's time purpose, to yeah. it's time. We got a we got a storm coming in because we got to start raving, ra- sorry, waving. Excuse me, the red flag of the Carolina Hurricanes because we have Maddie Bamonte as a host today. We are so lucky to have her because now we can talk about one of the surging teams in the Metropolitan Division. I know they lost their last two, but since we last spoke about them on this podcast, they have really turned things around. Um, they weren't in a playoff position at the early half of this season. I mean, they suffered a bad loss to the Edmonton Oilers last night because Connor McDavid started to be Connor McDavid again. But if I can look across their last few, they're a pretty bipolar team. Lose 8-2 to the Hurricanes, beat the Oilers 6-3, beat the Flyers 4-1, beat the Sabres 6-2, and then lose to the Oilers 6-1. That's all within the last three weeks. So, Maddie, just what 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 do we need to know about this team that, that we're not, that we're not uh, tuned into right now? Well, listen, I need to open with I come on every single time and I literally just say the worst possible things about this team because it's my it's my job. However, <laughs> now that I have to go to PNC Arena for two games over the break, I have to change my tune a little bit. Um, and also nobody <laughs> can make fun of this team the way I can. So, OK, so no. honestly, when I looked at this season and where it started with me being able to rag on so easily all the penalty minutes, all the horrible penalty kills, they did much better against Buffalo. It really showed against Buffalo that they were able to kill all the penalty kill opportunities. They combated a five on three advantage for Buffalo. They were two for two on the power play, which like doesn't happen for them as often anymore. Now it does. And so I think aside from the loss last night was horrific. There was like, I forget where I, noted it somewhere um i had a note about something rod brindamore said that was really funny um he had a great quote i forgot i'll find it i'll find it you need to find it i think it's the exact same quote i'm thinking of um because it was it was very funny and reminiscent of um one of my favorite quotes from him oh here it is um he said it was in reference to um the winnipeg game I believe he called it one of our best games and we lost it. Rod, wait, we got to talk about this. We've heard you, that before. <laughs> we've heard this before. And, and there have been talks. I mean, I wouldn't call it a good game. If you lost your best game is a stretch. Um, there obviously were great signs that we saw in there. And also if we're going back around Thanksgiving, we've had more goals this season than we had last year at the same time. So this team on paper seems like horrific to many fans and to many Hurricanes fans. But in actuality, it's really not that bad because 
Svechnikov hasn't been there for a majority of the goals either. So this team is able to pick up the pieces without him. Um, and aside from what was a absolute beat down, which was just really funny against the Oilers at <laughs> uh, literally nothing you can say other than um, what Rod Brindamore said, which was like, I, you know, I don't know what I just watched. Um <laughs> In in what I think it was the Islanders coach the other day that said it was like a sin that they lost. It was a sin mm-hmm. the way they played that game as well. Um, and so I I think like for as much as I rag on them, they have improved. There's a lot to like get into this. Um, but there's still there's still work that could be done. But I I like what I saw against Buffalo specifically. Matusha, I'll let you take that. She just ended it on Buffalo. If you want to jump in, I feel. I'm just going to segue to the Sabres at this point because the, the we, we've had, we've said the Sabres so many times during this, just not related to the Owls. The Sabres <laughs> They've played Every a lot of these teams. That game for any team is against the Sabres. <laughs> Sabres have a really bad Damn. game. I think the one good game was the Rangers where they were somehow we went, we did crazy, but yeah, every did. single team's get back game is against the Sabres. And I feel like that just really shows how poor of an organization the Sabres have been over the past decade now. I was probably eight years old the last time we made the playoffs. It stinks as a Sabres fan yeah. right now. Well, and I, I think I think I think you guys are a year or two away. If, if I can, real quick, turn in the corner. Going to be a playoff team very soon. Yeah, yeah. I I love to say that because I've been saying it for like five years now. But this is no, this is it though. Um, my yearbook quote was 32 Sabres Stanley playoff championships, Stanley Cup championships, 30, 30, 20, 32. So I got time. Oh, I love that. That's right. But no, I talked about this earlier. If you have nothing to say about a team, you say that they're young and you have they have a lot to learn. That, that's exactly <laughs> the Sabres right now. Because we have a lot of young guys who are old men on the team, Gergensen's. And uh, Kyle Pozo, they're both old and they don't, both don't do anything. They skate around <laughs> and then they get sc- the Sabres get scored on every time they're on the ice. But, yeah, we're on a four-game skid right now, and I it's going to be challenging to see us improve. Seeing us fall from our expectations preseason to now is awakening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if I, I'll just – to toss some flowers to the Sabres, they're dealing with injuries right now. Uh, I you mentioned Zemius Gergensen's. Uh, he's not exactly you know the the game changer he once was, but he's on the IR. Alex mm-hmm. Tuck on the IR. Jordan Greenway, yeah. that's a depth piece on the IR. Uh, you got a couple of day to days in Rasmus Dahlin and Uko Pekka Lukanen, who I thought was really well, playing yeah. well right before I the like injury. Uh, and the, the thing about UPL though is because you've got a guy like Devin Levi, who's also reliable piece yeah. in that. There's a real good chance that one of those guys isn't in a Buffalo Sabres uniform by the end of this season. Some teams are looking for goaltenders. Um, UPL, I would say, is probably the first one to go before uh, Levi the Lion. Mm. So, which is, I don't know how that nickname started. I just started doing that, but that's kind of a weird thing I did. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm going to start yeah. saying that. I'm going to start saying yeah, that. Sweet. Oh, I love that. Uh, regardless, I will, t- to go back to the Hurricanes for just a moment, in that game to the Oilers, Zach Hyman, Hattrick, shout out Sam Bohr, one of her favorites. Um, so, I hope she's listening and hears that. Uh <laughs> Oh man, I, I I feel for you. I feel for you, Matouche, because I, I know what it's like to go through this team, to go through this with your team. You know, it, it's something I, I've dealt with for the last, you know, 11 years, really, for a long time. And I think 
it feels like the devils are have crawled back out of you know into the abyss so to speak but they're working their way out of it i think the sabers are gonna have a real tough go of it tonight with the bruins and just any team in the atlantic division uh the the only the only piece in that division that's really like stands out as you know a new order of the establishment is the detroit red wings who have somehow clawed their way within to that uh exclusive top four between the Bruins, Panthers, Lightning, and Leafs, and the Red Wings sit in third, that just makes it that much harder for a team like Buffalo to squeeze in. And so that I, I think that's unfortunate. I think you know you can. I don't want to say you write off this whole season because we've seen we've seen teams come out from the basement yeah. before and yeah. win the Stanley Blues, Cup. Most recently, yeah, yeah. the St. Louis Blues in 2019, uh, and they did it against the Boston Bruins. So hopefully, some of that flavor seeps in tonight for Buffalo. As for the Hurricanes, you know. I think it's funny, Maddie. You 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 say you talk about all these terrible things about the Hurricanes, and now yeah. you can't just because you know you have this awesome job lined up in the winter, which we're so <laughs> psyched for you and proud. Thanks. But I think that that more speaks not just to you that the Hurricanes standard is so so high yes, that you look at it now they're eight points from first place in the division, and that just feels like a mountain. But they're still firmly in a playoff position. They're still clearly, I think. I think the best team in the Metropolitan Division, even though record might not indicate that and the Rangers have been playing out of their minds for most of this year, I really do like Carolina. I really think this is still their division to win. They're the establishment pick, but for a reason. Uh, I think when Freddie Anderson comes back from injury full-time and is playing with Ranta and you don't have to rely on Kachetkov, who has looked uh, shaky this year, I think that things are going to be a bit more stable. Uh, Do you agree? I would agree. You know what? I also think the Hurricanes have been on a power trip ever since 2006 in terms of the fact that they are the only, we are the only, like, that's the only sport in North Carolina that won a championship to date. 2006 was the last time my state (laughs) saw a winner. And so they, they just feel that, but I, yeah, no, I agree. Once, once, um, some pieces come back, it's going to look good. Um, but I saw articles about, people calling into question Rod Brindamore. And I was just like, why, why are we questioning that right now? Like I'll get off. I'll get off. Like, let the guy live. Like the team is not that (laughs) bad. The team is not that bad. I I'm sitting here saying that nobody can call my team bad except for me. And the team is not awful. Sorry. Far from it. Far from it. I I, I think that's, you know, we're going to leave it on a positive note. Uh, that's why I wanted to end with the hurricane. Sorry about that, but I like that. You know, no, I'm yeah. happy we ended with a positive note. We needed and, that. And 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 as for the whole Rod Brindamore thing, he's the guy who was lifting the cup in 06. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know where where are you criticizing that guy for? He's he's a Carolina legend through and through, and I think he's one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. So so I'll shut up all the haters when I go home and I go get a photo oh, yeah. with Stormy. It's gonna be over for them. They can't. <laughs> they won't be able to compete with the photo of me and Stormy that I drop. Oh my god! All right, you know what? Storm is surgeon, Maddie and Stormy taking the photo. I, I actually, I, I love the, just the image of that in my head. And I hope and it comes to fruition. I think it will. Uh, oh, now it's that you said it. It. You've put it out there. You've put it out there. So I think that's just about all the time we have for five on three today. Not our longest episode. We were stuck over Zoom, had some scheduling issues, but we got it done. Wanted to get it in before finals. Wanted to talk Sabres, wanted to talk Hurricanes, as well as the locals. And we did. So I'm going to give a quick shout out to Nikki Palmer for editing this uh, this recording. Shout out Michael Matouche for being here, Maddie DeMonte. I'm James Burley, uh, 5 on 3's production of WFB Sports. We will see you guys next time.